Then she drives me home. I still slept with her. I mean, I figured I'd put the work in. Why not? <laughs> but I had no intention of seeing her again, so I kept trying to ghost her. And this is the time of like answering machines and no cell phones and shit. Oh. And then she wasn't getting the hint, so I started getting gifts left on my door, like teddy bears holding vibrators and flowers from the gas station and yeah it it finally ended like two years later i ran into her at gay pride in san francisco and she ended up chasing me down the street screaming about how much she loved me what oh, yeah. yeah it was a it was a thing you hear about this with dudes you don't right. hear about this with women a whole lot <laughs> right Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex and dating. I'm Demi Wilde, your resident sexual deviant, and today my extra special guest deviant is sexpert, feminist, author, and podcaster, Andy Vice. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be on your show. This is great. Yeah, me too. Um, can I call you Miss Vice if you're nasty? You can. You can. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm super happy to be here. I'm uh, happy to have you here. Can you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? So I am a full-time kink educator and writer. I started with the blog Love Letters to a Unicorn, which is all about kink from the submissive side. I've put out several kink workbooks and books in general. And I also run the podcast Fat Chicks on Top, where we talk about all things about bodies and how they move through the world, which is how I met Demi. Exactly. And I was super happy. I actually just re-listened to that episode last night because it was so much fun to, to be on there and to talk with you. But I wanted to talk to you specifically about, um, and I was also, well, I also am familiar with your, with your partner as well, Sharon, who I absolutely yeah. love and adore. I was on his podcast, I Make Poetry Podcast. Um, before we get started on like all this other stuff, but like, I'm happy to have you here to talk about kink mm -hmm. with me today. Um, I want to start with a random question though. Anti-vice, mm -hmm. what's your vice? We have so many. I have so many. <laughs> um, I, I love cooking. So I, I have lots of food in the house and it, now we're in the Christmas season. So of course it's filled with, you know, sweet tamales and candies and cookies and all of that so but the thing i like most in the world is bringing pleasure to other people mm -hmm. and so uh, i work with a comedy troupe uh trans sketchable comedy group and um it's all trans and non-binary folks and one of the troop members had asked for a recommendation for a sex toy so i passed along one um from from my large collection of samples and I got a text this morning that said oh my god I'm never leaving my bedroom again and that brings me more joy than anything like somebody getting that much joy out of something so simple is delights me oh my gosh I I can only imagine I think there was maybe an episode of sex in the city that like I think 
I, I I forget who was a Samantha. Yeah, it was Samantha. She like had a sex toy, and she's like, I think I broke my vagina. <laughs> yeah, no, the the one I passed on is the one that Dion Cole checks in his most recent um, stand up special. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Tracy Jogs Tracy's dog OG Flow, and it is a clit stimulator and G spot stimulator at the same time. And pretty much every woman is like. Yeah, I, I don't need to do anything else now in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I just get, I just close the bedroom door and I never mm-hmm. leave. <laughs> yeah, I don't even worry about spiders anymore. This this takes care of all my needs. I am covered in spiders as I'm as I'm masturbating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I do yeah. not care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I love bringing joy into people's lives. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, speaking of you, you, this comedy troupe that you have, you're you, you're mm-hmm. in Sacramento or you're in Roseville, I believe. Nearby, yeah. Nearby, yeah, yeah. So I'm I lived yeah. in Sacramento for a long time, so I'm actually very familiar with the location of this. Um, what is it? What's been going on with that? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So this is a really this was a really cool group put together by the comedian Heather Rogue, who's a stand-up comic, and her goal was to bring together. Uh, trans and non-binary folks and create a sketch comedy show that centers our experience in the world. And it's been a ton of fun. It's a great outlet for political rage, as oh, yes. is most satire. But there's there's about 10 of us in the troupe, and we write sketches based on our experience. So we have a bunch about dating and politics, and um, basically we mock turfs and beat up Proud Boys on stage, and uh every time a phone gets opened a dildo gets thrown at somebody because of so many unwanted dick pics that we come on so we have giant bags of tiny dildos that we're throwing at each other throughout the show and it's a ton of fun that sounds amazing and i think i need to go next time i'm in sacramento yeah we we usually do our show is usually like the third thursday of the month and uh yeah check us out Uh, you can follow transsexual on most uh, of the social platforms or me or Heather Rogue and she's Heather Rogue on most platforms. For sure. Um, onto your podcast here a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Fat Chicks on Top. Where did the idea stem from? What is this podcast? I was so lovely to be a guest on there, but um, for my listeners, what what is the show? The show came out of my, my need to have something out there to discuss body liberation beyond the one-on-one conversations that were happening. And there's a lot of the body positive stuff, which is great if you're a size 16 white woman. It doesn't do nearly as much if you are more non-normative. So if you're queer, if you're trans, if you're you're disabled, right? Um, These aren't conversations we're having. And the way our bodies mediate our experience in the world is critical right? People see, and the way you look changes how people react to you. And whether or not you live with a chronic illness or a disability changes things like dating and employment and things that are so critical. So I wanted to focus on on the way bodies move through the world. I personally am very fat and I'm so I went with fat chicks on top because fat is a major issue um, in in the world and uh, the way people react to it and the way it impacts healthcare and employment and dating and everything else. So I started bringing on folks that I was having these conversations with in my own life. And I just find really interesting people to talk to and who have these vast experiences and so much more than just, oh, just love yourself. It's okay to eat a cookie. And it's like, well, it's a lot more complex than that. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I feel like I had the opposite problem. So like, this might sound like first world problems, but, um, I mean, I've always been very skinny. So when mm -hmm. I was like very young and I've always been a little effeminate. So it's, I always felt like I was, I mean, I was bullied a lot because of it. I was mm -hmm. kind of like, I did, had horrible things done to me just because of the way I looked and, and acted people. I mean, my friends in high school were always like, oh God, you're so thin. You're so skinny. Like, I wish I could be like, I'm like no, you don't. Cause I literally can't yeah. gain weight and it sucks. Cause I, mm -hmm. there's times that I want to like be a little bit more bulky and stuff. I just can't do it. It's, mm -hmm. it's frustrating, but again, everybody's body is different. And like, it's taken me a while to like get accustomed to it. And it, everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what happens is it, it really impacts your relationships with yourself, with others. And I don't know anybody that doesn't carry some type of body shame and some strained relationship with their own body. I've never met anybody who's like, this is great. Uh, there are people who definitely have a pretty privilege in the world. Uh, sure. But again, <laughs> they don't have to pay the ugly tax. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> things like, being effeminate if you're a man, being masculine if you're a woman, that alone will change how you move through and, and how people react to you and how you get bullied and how you get pinned. Because even as we've brought issues about queerness and transness to the fore, there's a lot more assumptions being made. So you don't have to be queer or trans to get bullied and, and discriminated against because you fit a stereotype. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helped me was when I was um, well, actually just a few years ago, um, I was doing nude yoga, <laughs> nude mm -hmm. men's yoga. And this is a very bizarre thing for me first, because I've always been kind of like a never nude. I, I really hated being naked in front of other people. And, but when I started doing that, and once I kind of just like kind of released a little bit of that kind of like, why do I care? You know, mm -hmm. um, it so helped. It so helped me just like kind of be more open with my body and, and just be more accustomed to it. And I, that happens with a lot of people that I talk to, the more you get comfortable in your own body, the, the more you can really shame, the more you're okay pursuing other things that you really want, other pleasures. And it starts with our own body. Like so much of it starts with our relationship with our own body. So the more you can be okay with yourself, the easier it is to be okay with others and the, and it gives other people permission to be themselves with you as well yeah for sure can you hear me you know your, oh, your camera that's... driving you crazy no my camera just went out for some reason here i'm gonna mm -hmm. pause for a second all right sorry about that um so let's talk about bdsm a little bit because i know this is something you're very familiar with and i haven't really talked a whole lot about on this show in particular but it's something that really fascinates me and especially like like some of the processes that the bdsm community uses that i feel like a lot of people can benefit from can you talk a little bit more about your experience in that community and like what it is that you you do to talk about this so I found the community in the late 80s when I was still a teenager, and that was at a time way before the internet. So we used to connect with each other through the back pages of magazines that you pick up in stores and, you know, all of that. Um, 
it's obviously changed now with the internet it's very accessible and with the whole 50 shades thing lots of people are familiar at least with the basics uh, pretty much anything in bdsm it, you know anytime things that's considered a fetish is what's considered non-normative sexuality um it's kind of hard to put a pin down what is normative sexuality beyond you know heterosexuality but um so anything like spanking, tying people up, blindfolding people to more extreme stuff like um, lighting people on fire, choking people Ooh. out, right? There's a, there's a, what? Lot, <laughs> right? people on fire? That's my thing. I love getting lit on fire and setting people on fire. It's so much fun. Explain. Um, I need to know. <laughs> so, so there's different ways to do it, but most often you just use, um, uh, 70% isopropyl alcohol, the stuff, the rubbing alcohol you get from the drugstore okay. and fire wands, and you put that on the skin and then it'll light on fire and then you can just put it out with your hand and done right, you won't burn or anything, but it's, it creates a warmth and it draws that energy up and out. It's like a reverse massage. That's so and interesting. I combine it with energy play so you can do it along the chakras and draw energy into the different chakras and move it around. And it's so fun. Okay, this sounds really fascinating. I I actually just <laughs> this is kind of a weird thing. Um, so one day I was um I have a bunch of candles over here, and mm -hmm. so I was actually just kind of like lighting all my candles and just like having a little pyro moment, mm -hmm. and some of the wax got on me, and I was I like just kind of like let it sit for a minute. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that, <laughs> you know, just well a little bit like that. I think wax play is a big thing, so you can drip wax on people, you know and create different temperature sensations. You, there are people who do it artistically and can do very mm -hmm. intricate designs and stuff with wax. Um, and it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, don't use birthday candles or the, or, or the scented Yankee candles because those burn at a much higher temperature and the wax will have a chance to burn you. Paraffin candles and like the Jesus candles you get from the dollar store, those are straight paraffin and those work really well for it. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> Life hacks. And so if you, right? If you were one of those kids that used to put glue on your fingers and then peel it off, wax play will really, it's its like the adult version of that. Um, and if you were one of those kids that used to like run your finger through the lighter flame, fire play will, like, yeah, you know. That was me. <laughs> it's a ton of fun. So there's lots of different things. At the root of all of it is consent, right? And the thing that's always appealed to me about the BDSM community is there's so much centering of let's talk about what needs are what wants are what is not okay something that is just not done in the wider community we don't teach people how to communicate about desire and need and boundaries that's never part of our sex ed right, right. and bdsm that's got to be centered because if i mean the old you know line is what's the difference between assault and a boxing match consent Mm -hmm. right um you can't just go up and wail on somebody but if you both agree to get in a ring and have a judge there and stuff it's okay yeah. um so you you can't just take somebody home and tie them up and choke them out that's assault and kidnapping but if you both right. agree to it it's a fun night um you know and there, there's a lot of focus on safety and learning and it's very normal to take classes about sexuality and communication and technique and you know, we got to have somewhere to learn this. Porn is, is, learning sex from porn is like learning workouts from superhero movies. It's, 
<laughs> right? There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that make it really unrealistic, right? Same with porn. Um, there's a lot of things that are very, un or you're just doing for the camera angle or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, that center of like, how to come into your own body, how to give somebody else fun. Like right now I'm working on a whole series of videos on fingering techniques, because I believe we need to bring hand jobs back. Like, <laughs> I mean, after COVID, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, usually once you start having penetrative sex, we drop off on, on hand jobs, but there's so much great, you know, ways to stimulate people and stuff bring hand jobs back uh, because it should be about connection and fun and presence and feeling good. And rather than just, you know, a few pumps to get to the, the end goal of an orgasm, like there's so much more to sex and that's what I like about BDSM. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was in Moan. Have you, have you played around with Moan lately or at all? No, no. no. You really should. It's a really great app. Um, they, okay. I, I do my live shows and everything on there as well. But um, I was in a room the other day. I was talking to, or I was listening to someone speak about being um, about kink, and they were saying mm -hmm. kink was a form of play, and we use play as a form of healing our inner child. I wanted to know, like, how you thought about that. What were your thoughts, and like, what is your experience in mm -hmm. that? Agree with it, and I like kink because we frame everything out as play. You talk about impact play, fire play, breath play, wax play, right? It's fun. It's it's just time for you and other people to enjoy. Whereas so much of normative sex is framed as a job, a hand job, a blow job, a rim job, right? I'd much rather play than have a job. Right, exactly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and it really is much more focused on just being present. Orgasm is not always the goal. In fact, for some people, they don't orgasm or even have penetrative sex during a BDSM scene. But it's about experiencing and being with someone. And we know from MRI studies that folks who regularly practice BDSM have the same brain changes as people who meditate regularly. Yes. Yeah. Because you have to be present and in your body. And for me, I much rather get that through, you know, a good spanking scene than sitting quietly in a room. Mm -hmm. I always find, I mean, if you've been on Reddit at any time lately, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm always in like the sex rooms. I'm always like researching and I'm always like reading like what people's experiences are. And I feel like I get a lot of people who think that like porn is like the the pariah of like sex like mm -hmm. this is where we should all aspire to be but in reality i also have friends that are in the porn industry and it's not at all like that it's <laughs> it's it's work like people are literally like yeah. at work so it's it's very strange when you get these kind of like mixes of cultures where um a person has one idea of what it is but then like you have these other mm -hmm. like kind of subgroups that really kind of have it nailed down and then how do they meet mm -hmm. in the middle yeah I, there's a lot of mystique about bdsm there's a lot of really bad writing about bdsm yeah uh, especially erotica uh but my largest gripe with the 50 shades series is that it's just such poor writing like not even the representation just the writing itself like is nails on a chalkboard riddle with typos wasn't it like like famously well, written that, with typos yeah and no deviation in sentence structure you know the mm -hmm. 
the metaphors, the similes are are very basic. Like, <laughs> and as a writer, it offended me that way. But there's there's the fantasy of it, and the fantasy is great, but fantasy and reality can be very different. So yeah. fantasy is a place to start, and I, I really encourage people to start exploring their fantasies, but be prepared when it car- you carry it out in reality, it doesn't always translate. And that's porn. Porn is a fantasy. Porn is designed to be a fantasy. Um, most of us don't have that type of lighting in our bedrooms ever. Right. Uh, you know, the, just just the basics, right? And so you've got to figure out what works for you, what works for your partners and how to communicate that, how to have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, what's next for you? You asked me this question on your podcast and I've never actually asked someone this, but it's a very good question, I think. <laughs> so I'm working on it. It's more of an academic style book um, looking at what happens to people around the age of 40. So my background is I am I have a, a doctorate in political psychology. Uh, my undergrad is in psych, and I'm really interested in developmental psychology, right? How we come into being who we who we are, right. and when it comes to developmental psychology, most stuff ends about age 26. You're considered pretty set until you're in your your much older geriatric years, but that time between about 26 and 65 is supposed to be pretty set. What I've experienced in talking to people, especially on my show, is for a large group of people, right around the age of 40, there's a major developmental shift. And I, you see it more with women than with men, but there's something that happens where you either decide to double down and really try to meet societal expectations for your job, for your family, for your body, all of that, or you drop them. And you free yourself. And for most people, this also manifests either in a divorce or a change of career or, you know, midlife some crisis. major. Yeah. What we refer to as midlife crisis, but there's not a lot of understanding of that. So I've been interviewing lots of people who are over 40 and talking to them about what happened at that point, what, what made that shift. So I'm working on a book about that right now. And then I'm uh, going to launch into my third season of fat chicks and keep the blog going and keep teaching and all that good stuff. But yeah, the book has been taking up a little more time recently. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating too. Cause I, I mean, it, it just goes to show that like people aren't really set in, in reality. They, people change over time a lot. And I think change is a good thing. It can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. It could be an abrupt thing, but uh, I think overall when we, if we're not changing, if we're just kind of like staying the same, then we're not really living our lives to our fullest extent. Well, and I think to be the same person you are at 30 that you are at 50 shows a tremendous lack of growth and understanding, right? There's so much that happens that you really do need to um, allow for change and growth. And we don't really do that in the way we set up society right now. So how do we better accommodate that? Exactly. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear a story from you. Sounds good. Cool. Okay. So, I- And we're back. Antivice, Sweet. I know you got a story for us. I have so many. Um, <laughs> we, got <laughs> we got time. We got time. 
So the one and the one I've I've told a few times before that that people may be familiar with, um, if you listen to Risk, is I had the worst first date ever. Um, you were on Risk. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that podcast. Yeah. So I did one about. Um, so when I was in college, um, I was hosting a bunch of gay stuff, and at the end of Gay Pride Week, I was hosting this big dance at a bar, and this really cute short blonde comes up and says you know i know you're busy but i'd like to take you out blah 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 we exchanged numbers she calls me a couple of days later says hey do you want to go to a concert i'm like yeah sounds great you know great i got tickets on friday i didn't want to seem too bougie or anything so i didn't press like who are we going to go see or whatever so she picks me up and i get into her little tiny geo Geo Metro, oh my god! (laughs) You know those little tiny, tiny cars, and we go to the convention center. In we're heading into the convention center in Sacramento, and she goes, "Oh, we better make a stop beforehand because I I had tickets with somebody else too. So my mom's going to be joining us because you know bringing your mom on a first date is always a great call. Mom would love that. (laughs) Oh my god! So." pick up her mother who can't get into the back seat of the geo i am six feet tall and i'm six feet tall in the back of the geo metro oh my god <laughs> and her mom's in the front seat and we go and it's yanni and for those of you not familiar with yanni this is like the trans-siberian orchestra fucked a greek yogurt and added a floyd laser light show and that's what <laughs> So he's this Greek guy and he does like the TSO electric violin shit and sings and he's got the open shirt and the hair blowing back on stage oh, and, what and a vibe. there's a light show on top of it. It's a it's a it's a whole thing. Oh what a vibe. Right? And we're in uh partially obstructed view seats and she's between her mom and I, so I sit through this. It's just like not my thing. <laughs> And then we're driving her mom home and her mom says, oh, you should come in for fondue, which consisted of microwaved Velveeta cheese and sliced up Wonder Bread as we talked about her childhood. What on a plastic is this? Couch. What is this? And, <laughs> and, you know, then she drives me home. I still slept with her. I mean, I figured I'd put the work in. Why not? <laughs> But I had no intention of seeing her again, so I kept trying to ghost her. And this is the time of, like, answering machines and no cell phones and shit. And then she wasn't getting the hint, so I started getting gifts left on my door, like teddy bears holding vibrators and flowers from the gas station. And, yeah, it, it finally ended, like, two years later, I ran into her at Gay Pride in San Francisco, and she ended up chasing me down the street, screaming about how much she loved me what oh, yeah. yeah it was a it was a thing you hear about this with dudes you don't right. hear about this with women a whole lot <laughs> right this is oh fascinating yeah it was i mean the the whole thing was just clusterfuck from front to back like who brings your mom on a first date I have no idea. That's so bizarre. So, like, what yeah. happened? Like, did you, did you escape? Like, <laughs> I I ran into a, a sex shop and hid behind a giant carved dildo. Oh so my god! Oh my god! And you just never saw her again? 
no no I, I i moved out of out of the area shortly after that but oh my god it was so bad it was so bad did you keep the teddy bear yeah. <laughs> no that's just creepy <laughs> uh, i had a camera in it <laughs> it was like ah uh, like my roommates were going uh you got another present like can you clear off the answer machine because we've got like 17 messages like, <laughs> I, re- no, I, it was... I have a similar story. <laughs> Not exact, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> um, I, I hooked up with this guy. Actually, he was kind of a regular for a while mm-hmm. and, um, I hadn't heard from him. So I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, well, didn't hear from him for a while. And then, um, one day I was, uh, at home and my roommate comes into my room. He goes, what just someone just left a note on the door and i was like what <laughs> and so like i walked out and it i swear to god it looked like a like a ransom note it was just like scrawled this crazy handwriting a phone number and it said like i know like some weird cryptic message yeah. <laughs> i was like what the fuck is this and so i texted it and I was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so-and-so. Um, so-and-so is in jail. He wanted me to like contact you. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, damn. And I was like, why did it look like a murder note on this? <laughs> on my front door. You didn't just like think to knock? Like, what the hell? Right. It was so just... weird. <laughs> That's so bizarre. So yeah, weird. no, shit. She... She hasn't been my only stalker. That's the creepy thing. Like I used to, um, when I was working for the state, I would travel at least once a week on Southwest out of Sacramento, right? I knew the Southwest flights to LA like a bus schedule. (laughs) So there was a shuttle driver there. And, you know, that's the only place I'd seen him. And one day I'm at home and he knocks on my door and I'm like, hello and he's like you know i've been watching you and the people you go out with and they're a lot like me i think we would make a good match and i'm like um presumptuous (laughs) you've been one you've been watching me which means he had to follow me home from the airport at some point right and so at what point do you think i'm going to say yeah i don't mind ending up in your murder dungeon let's go on a date like you just randomly you, yeah you you've been dating people who look like me and i think we'd make a good batch um creep can you please walk get the fuck out of my house like wait he showed up to your house yeah oh my, my god door and just like hey no <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> please go away now what happened did he just leave you alone or no, he kept coming back and stuff, and like I had to call the cops and have him watch for him. And oh yeah, it was it was a yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand what that is in people where they they don't have those boundaries. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna track you down and like that's really creepy to me. Mm-mm. I mean, and I've definitely like stayed outside of like my ex's house a couple of times. <laughs> But I've never just like walked up and been like, hi, <laughs> like, you know, shit like Somebody that. Somebody that you don't know and you've never gone out with. Like I've been watching you. 
Yeah, that's not yeah, that, never. No, the only thing you can follow that with that's marginally okay is, and I've paid off four of your parking tickets. Like that is the only appropriate answer at that point. Um, you know, I was half expecting to see, and I knitted the sweater out of the hair you left in the trash. You know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a fair assumption, actually. I've, I've been watching you for a while now. I saw you've had a, a little nice little collection of parking tickets. I paid them all off for you. <laughs> I, that That is about the only appropriate answer. It'll never be the answer for somebody who's been watching you on dates. But I mean, that would be the only appropriate answer. I think so, too. Yeah, do you have no, any they... horrible experiences like in BDSM? Like, do you have anything that's gone awry there? Nothing that's gone awry. You know, I am um, when I do any type of play that could put me in danger like that, I'm pretty good at developing a relationship with the person first. And we have, you know, really explicit guidelines. Um, I know, you know, how they're trained or whatever. Uh, I don't do pickup play in dungeons just because I like more extreme stuff. And if I don't fully trust you, I'm not going to let you put me in a position that I can't get out of myself that I can't stay safe in. Um, and that's just self-preservation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, anything with that type of play, I make sure they recognize boundaries and will stop when I say stop and stuff beforehand. So it's a little more extensive vetting than just a one night hookup thing. Yeah. Funny how that works, though, isn't it? When you actually yeah. negotiate, vet people, discuss boundaries beforehand. Funny how things just don't <laughs> things don't go downhill. Things don't go downhill. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not above a, a one night stand. I've had plenty of those. But like what I do, I mean, that's going to be pretty straightforward, kind of vanilla sex. That's nothing we're not going to get any in, into any of the really fun stuff because there's a lot more that goes into that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Anti-Vice, this has been amazing. Uh, before I let you go, do you have a quick game of uh, Red Flags? Can you play? Sure. That wasn't even a sentence, but <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> that was barely a sentence. That was like me speaking in Yoda tongue. That was strange. Flags <laughs> have you exactly um so uh do you know how to play red flags first of all no okay red, red flags is pretty simple i'm going to give you a situation um then you just tell me if it's a red flag for you or, or not and why mm -hmm. so okay and i've made these all specifically for you these are all very okay. very very uh um what's the word um centric yeah yeah we'll just go with that <laughs> I forgot how to talk all of a sudden. <laughs> all right. Number one, they don't have a safe word. Definitely a, a red flag. You don't always have to use a safe word, but um, if you haven't established that just yes, no, stop is going to what you're going to use, um, you know, I want to know that you're at least familiar with the concept. But the do anything to me, you haven't thought this all the way through. Exactly. Number two, they immediately expect you to obey, then address them by title, such as daddy, sir, mistress, master, before they have earned it. Uh, those are all those titles are earned. All of those titles come with a long term relationship. And 
I don't even obey bosses until they've proven that they deserve my fucking respect. So I'm not doing it in a personal relationship. That's why I'm not a good employee. <laughs> I talk back and I am a smart ass. <laughs> um, they don't ask you about your softer hard limits beforehand. Nope. That means they're not thinking about me at all. And they're not thinking about my safety. So nope. Yeah. Hard limit. Yep. Yep. Um, they tell you what a good or bad sub does, even though there is no such thing. Nope. Again, that does that tends to signal like a what, what we call one two wayer. There's only one way to do kink. There's there's millions of ways to do kink. There's a few dozen ways to really fuck it up, but there's definitely lots of different ways to do it right. For sure. Um, they separate you from kinky friends at parties or events. Nope. I keep my friends around, keep it safe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not option of a gangbang. I think if you like are even at, at just like a regular party and someone is like mm-hmm. singling you out and like trying to take you away from people, that's just rude. That's just yeah, rude. yeah. That you, you never want to be isolated with somebody now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, last one. They want to get to know you better than just kinks or sex. That's a green flag. <laughs> <laughs> It's waving it. Yes, we will get to know each other. I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Auntie Vices has been amazing. Um, I feel like you are my aunt for some reason. Like we're like soul, like soul aunts, soul. Aunt I agree. You. I agree. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can you it's let my been listeners? Wonderful to see you again. Yeah, it's lovely to see you too. Can you let my listeners know where to find you? Sure, you can find me at Auntie Vice. That's A U N T I E D I C E on most social uh, websites, as well as AuntieVice.com. I run the podcast Fat Chicks on Top, and my blog is LoveLettersToAUnicorn.com. That's right. And you will find links to all that in our show notes and on my website, DemetriMile.com. Thank you again for joining me today. Thank you, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. You too. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave a comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help out the show. Check out the episode description for my guest social media links and for more information on me, to read my blogs, The Deviant Diaries, or A Deviant's Guide to Sex, or information about tarot readings, please visit DimitriWild.com. Stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional.